Welcome to the Through These Gates podcast, the most rational Nebraska football show on the internet. I am your host, as always, Caleb Salvatore. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure, if you haven't done it already, you like, subscribe, share, and turn your notifications on. That's all I'm saying. Well, that was fun. (laughs) I mean, what are you going to do, man? We were all rooting for Mickey, and this doesn't mean the season's a wash. Nobody expected to beat Oklahoma anyway. Um, I was a little too optimistic thinking we'd score more than 20 points when I said 48 to 30 in the pregame show yesterday. So we were all rooting for Mickey, obviously. Um, Nobody was going out there. You know, nobody, nobody realistically thought that we were going to come out and beat Oklahoma. I thought it'd be a closer game. I was wrong. That first drive, I was hyped, man. The first two drives, big sack followed by, you know, forcing a punt. Offense comes right out and scores, took the top off the defense. That's the best pass I think I've seen from Casey Thompson since that touchdown on the first drive against Northwestern. Hit a guy in stride for six points. So I I just uh, kind of fell apart. They were a more talented team, and they were coached better. You could tell. We couldn't stop the run. We couldn't stop the run. We couldn't protect our quarterback. The trenches. I mean, it, it, anyone who thought Mickey Joseph was going to fix a receivers coach, love him to death, great receivers coach, great recruiter, great energy, great offensive mind in the passing game, at least. Anyone who thought he was going to fix the problems on the offensive and defensive lines in four days was out of their mind. That's all there is to it. You were delusional. He wasn't going to, I mean, what do you expect from him? He's a football coach who's never coached D1 in his life as a head coach. He's not a miracle worker. He's not a magician. That's not what he is. Um, so I'm not even mad. I, I'm really, I'm not, you're not going to get the rant from me. Video's not going to blow up and get thousands of views because I'm not going off on a, on a tirade. This whole season's kind of wait and see mode. I'm really not too uh, too worked up about any losses we have going forward. If they lose, it's like, well, we don't have a real coach. If they win, it's great. All right, it's gravy. Icing on the cake, house money, baby. That's what it is if they win. Every touchdown they score, every stop they make on defense is house money for the rest of the year as far as I'm concerned. It's free football. It don't matter. Most of these guys aren't going to be here. We'll do some uh, a video next week. Obviously on replacements, but I'd like to go over a keep or fire for coaches on the current staff. I think that'd be interesting. I can tell you right now, Dawson on the defensive line, Rayola, gone. Gone. Pathetic. The biggest week I said it when I did the preview for the season for the offense. That of all the flashy hires we made, all the big transfer portal pickups we made, the one that would be the most important, the most important hire we were going to make that would literally determine whether this team sinks or swims was the coach who was the least proven with the least impressive resume, and it was Raiola. And so far, he's proven me right to be concerned. Offensive line looks bad. I haven't seen an offensive lineman play as poorly as Ben Hart has. And I don't think my entire life, man. It's bad, 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 bad. I don't think I've ever seen it. Horrible. It's like he's not even trying. He's lost and not trying. Big kid. 
can't block to save his life. And the fact that he stayed in the game while that while their quarterback continued to get killed due to his deficiencies is incredibly disturbing for one of two reasons. Number one, it means they don't have anyone better. <laughs> Period. He's the best that they got that can play right tackle. If that's the case, that's a real problem. Because that means the damage that Austin did as an offensive line coach these last four years is far deeper than we initially imagined. Number two, it means we have a coach that either doesn't know what he's doing or doesn't give a shit. Period. It can only mean one of those two things. And it's an incredibly disturbing development either way that he did not come out. You have a quarterback that's undersized, already known to be a little injury prone, and getting killed all game off the right side. Just from either poor blocking technique or a guy not knowing where to be for it was both it wasn't one or the other whereas you know if it's poor scheme if the guy doesn't know where he's at you can teach that if it's bad technique you can teach that but it's both he couldn't when he he didn't know where to be and on the rare occasions where he did know where to be he got blown by bad bad blocking on that right side bad at one point i turned to my friend that i was watching the game with i was like do they hate casey like did he pull a frost and bang one of their girlfriends and they want to get him hurt like is that is that what's going on here like that's your job protect him they can't do it they cannot protect the quarterback and it's only going to get worse as the season goes on mark whipple also play calling bad he's coaching like a floyd mayweather fight like he's he's playing he the way mark whipple was calling plays in that first half when they were down like 21 to 7 it was he was acting like they had a 14 point lead with like seven minutes left to go conservative play calling what are you doing you're down two scores you went you marched right down the field and scored on the first drive and then you just put your foot in your mouth and swallowed your playbook for the next three quarters like Terrible play calling. I hate this conservative coaching to not lose play calling. Now, there, there's, a, there's a happy medium, right? Because there's one side where it's way off and it's way too conservative, like you saw with Whipple, what he was doing today. And then there's the other end of the coin, which is, you know, going for onside kicks up by 11. And both of those are idiotic. Both of them are idiotic. I almost have more respect for the onside kick up 11 because at least you're playing to win and not to not lose, which is how Mark Whipple was coaching today. It's like he came in, knew we were overmatched talent and coach wise and just went out there, said, OK, let's not lose this game. You can't do that when you have a defense that can't stop a nosebleed. You can't play like that. I remember I'm a New England fan, right? I was always really critical of Josh McDaniels for calling games that way. It was my biggest pet peeve with that guy was he called games way too conservatively. He coached to not lose. You can do that when you have a Tom Brady as a quarterback and be a serviceable defense. You don't have either of those things at Nebraska. Mark Whipple, you have to coach to win. Where's the Mark Whipple we saw at Pittsburgh? I thought Casey Thompson was going to go Kenny Pickett. Where was it? I don't know. Let's do grades. Uh, they're not going to be pretty. <laughs> I want to put it that way. Uh, quarterback. C minus. Now, nah, D plus. Quarterback did not look good. Whether it be Thompson or Purdy. 
flat out. They missed some easy throws. He had that one throw that looked really good on the first drive and did nothing the rest of the game. There was a pass that he had that got broken up. It was a little bit behind, I think, Washington, and the game wasn't out of reach. It was in the first half, and it was like third and four, and he could have run for the first down, but he decided, and he had another guy open for about six or seven yards, and he could have done either of those things and gotten the first down, but he tried to force it to Washington, went behind him, got broken up, fourth down punt. D plus. Because the only reason I'm not going F uh, for quarterback or, or lower than D plus is because it's hard to be effective at your job and get in any type of rhythm as a quarterback when you're spending the game running for your life. Running backs. Um, we can finally get over Anthony Grant not being hit for a loss of yards. It's like I said, man. He was making some great runs against inferior competition, and that's not, that's not a knock on him at all. Those runs were solid. You know, he was doing he was making the most where lesser running backs wouldn't have been able to out of a poor and shitty situation with that offensive line. All the credit in the world to Anthony Grant. Um, But it's like I said, once you get up and start facing better talent, that's not going to work. Once you start facing defensive lines and linebackers that can actually wrap up and tackle. That shifty stuff isn't going to work no more. You got to actually get some type of push on the offensive line, and they couldn't do that. So um, B minus for running backs. They didn't look terrible. Wide receivers D minus. Guys weren't getting open. Guys were running backwards, dropping passes. I mean, it was just a bad performance. Tight ends. D plus. Blocking was bad. D not D D for tight ends. Blocking was bad. Non-factor in the passing game. Vokalek was back. Did absolutely nothing. I hope he was just still banged up because they blanketed him. (sighs) Offensive line, what do you think? Same grade they get, F. F until proven otherwise. F minus, bad, 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 bad. The worst offensive line in football, and you know what? It ain't even close. Worst offensive line in football. In Division I FBS football, we have the worst offensive line out of what 137 however many teams there are it changes every year worst offensive line in football defensive line f gash through the run game the backup that's what this is what made me sick you had guys that fumble that fumble a fumble you didn't you're down 49 to 7 or was it 42 i don't know you're down huge whatever it is insurmountable lead the star, you're a starter garrett nelson You have the starting defense still in the game against Oklahoma's backup. The quarterback and running back drop a handoff. It wasn't even a matter of, you know, you got in and forced it and made a good play on the ball because I get emotional stuff happens. You felt you 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 were an opportunist. You fell on a ball that two players on the other team dropped through no nothing you did. You didn't do anything to alter that play. You were just in the right place at the right time. And you get up and celebrate that? Down 35 points. He wouldn't have come back in the game if I were coach. Wouldn't have been back in that game. You saw it again. Same thing with the Georgia Southern game. You got defensive backs getting out wagging their fingers at players. After they knock one pass down when they hit the last eight. Ridiculous. Know your place, because right now your place is the bottom. And if you continue to act that way, it ain't going to be any higher than that. Edge rushers, 
D-minus. They had a couple good plays in the quarterback, but for the most part, they had no pressure. They couldn't set the edge in the run game. I should give them an F just for Nelson's celebration and hooping and hollering after that fumble, but inside linebackers, um, D. I thought Reimer had a couple solid plays. Other than that, it was they had whatever they wanted over the middle of the field in the, the short to moderate passing game. Run game gashed us again. Not as bad as I thought. I was honestly surprised Oklahoma came out throwing on that second play. If I were Oklahoma, man, I would I would have run it up the middle every play. You got two NFL caliber running backs. Make them stop you. Make them stop you. Send the message right there. We're going to dominate you over the run. But they knew our pass defense sucked, too. The only reason our pass defense looked or the only reason our pass defense was regarded as somewhat serviceable was because the run defense was so bad and got exposed so poorly or got exposed so much, excuse me, as as performing at such a poor level that teams didn't need to pass on us. So it, it wasn't that it was good. It was just untapped bad potential. Defensive backs, F. That's corners and safeties, F, across the board. Again, guys wagging their fingers. Dylan Gabriel lights you up. Backup quarterback comes in, looks serviceable. I mean, it, it was bad. Bad, bad, bad. It's very clear we do not have the strength, we do not have the size, we do not have the speed, and we do not have the intelligence on defense to be a competitive team. Whoever the coach is that comes in next, be it Urban Meyer, be it Matt Campbell, be it, has got their work cut out for them with that defense. Because, yes, it's poor scheme, and Chenander was a terrible coach that should have been fired and shipped up the river with Frost. But it ain't all scheme. We don't have the talent on that defense to compete with anybody good. We barely got the talent to compete with Georgia Southern, to compete with Northwestern, with North Dakota. I mean, no talent on that defense, man. Humiliating. 49-14 on national TV makes me sick. Special teams, um, C-minus, bad returns. Punts looked fine, I guess. Didn't miss one of the two extra points. Never gotten field goal range. Nothing spectacular, but that's not why we lost the game. Coaching F. F across the board, man. F. Rayola's terrible. And we're grading on a curve with coaches. What you got to realize is, I mean, I guess we're not grading on a curve. Maybe we should. Mickey, I mean, again, what did you... I'm, and the, the F grade isn't reflective necessarily of Mickey Joseph. What did you expect from a, co- a brand new coach who's inheriting a, a, a train wreck by all regards. I know that's my favorite word on this show. A train wreck. Isn't it funny that train wreck is the most used word on a Nebraska football talk show? Isn't that great? But you had a, no, you had a coach that was inheriting a train wreck by all accounts. What did you expect? With that said, you got to look at the other coaching. Whipple, with his conservative tail between his legs play calling, F. Eric Chenander, his usual F. I mean, Rayola, F, F minus E, F, G, W, whatever, man. He gets a Z, Z minus for being the worst coach on the team, including Shenander. Terrible hire. You hired the assistant offensive line coach from a bad NFL team because you wanted to be able to recruit his nephew, whose dad was also a Nebraska football player, played in the NFL for a little bit, solid guy, personality issues, sure. And then you don't even land him. And I'm not even going to get in to why they didn't land him. If you want to see why they didn't land Dylan Rayola, look it up. 
You can believe it if you want to or you don't have to, but I would believe it given everything else I've heard. You hire a guy for no reason other than trying to land his nephew and then you piss it away like that? Disgraceful. You hire a guy that probably sacrificed this entire season by being a dog shit offensive line coach just to win his five-star quarterback nephew over and you don't get him for that reason? Bad, 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 bad. Terrible. Anyway, this has been the Through These Gates podcast. I'm Caleb Salvatore. Make sure you follow me on my socials at Caleb Isn't Funny on Twitter and Instagram. You can watch me melt down in real time next week. Or not next week, two weeks. I'll be at the game. Shit. I might be drunk. Probably won't have much service there because everyone's going to be rage tweeting at Eric Janander like I am. Um, Caleb Salvatore Comedy on TikTok. Bread and Circuses Podcast on YouTube. Rumble, wherever you get your shows. That's based my new show, the one I'm pimping the most, my main one. Get that on outlawstreamers.com, Rumble, Spreaker, everywhere you get audio shows. It'll be available. That's it. Until next week. uh, (laughs) Peace out. God help us all. Thanks.